Welcome to Yippie Kai Mother Podcast Classic. Hey, everybody. What's happening? Hello. Hey, how's it going? Why are you laughing over there? I don't get it. Well, because you had a little tongue tied getting the YKY out. I don't think I did. I thought I did that pretty well. Watch it. You'll see. Okay. Yippie Kai Mother Podcast Classic. There you go. I'm going to dub that in. All right? No, no. All right. Hey, everybody. Okay, so tonight is Debbie's film. Very interesting film, by the way, yes. Debbie. Yes. I'm surprised at this one. So... Again, I think we can spoil this one. It came out in 2009. I don't think we have to have a separate spoiler yes. section, right? Correction, right. 2006. 2006, Ten. even more, even longer, further. So let's talk about Take this her. film, and then we will uh, do what you watch after we break this film down. Well, Sounds before good? we break this one down, can we? I do want to um, talk about some people we lost. Yes. Particularly um, Raquel Welch. Yes. And... She was very pivotal when I was a kid. Oh. One million years BC. That's all you got to say. You know, but then, and then there's, um, but dazzled. Then there was Myra, dazzled. Myra Breckenridge. Uh, I didn't uh, yeah, see Myra Breckenridge. Yeah. Uh, Katie Halder. What was that Western she did? Yeah. Kate, yeah. Uh, Katie Halder. But, you know, fantastic. Mother Jugs boy. and Speed. Mother Jugs and Speed was great. Which Bill one? Cosby. And let's not forget the. the was Matt, she Speed or Jugs? I forget. She was Jugs. Oh, okay. And let's not forget the real masterpiece, <clears throat> Kansas City Bomber. Yes. Oh, oh, yeah. You know, I tell you, I saw a lot of these films. You know, mm-hmm. one million years BC was too early, but at the theaters when I was a kid. You know, because I used to go to the movies all the time, and you know, so I have very fond memories of her. I mean, oh. this I mean, is really I was fascinated the... before before I understood why you were fascinated with me. right. Well, we know, yeah. What's that weird tingle I'm having? What's going on with me? Yeah, exactly. Uh, Ginger gave it to me too on Gilligan's Island. Oh, tingle. tingle Marianne is. actually more, but yeah. I mean, she is right in the wheelhouse for guys our age. Raquel yeah. Welch. I mean, come on, she's the original sex symbol. For she us, was gorgeous. I think. Gorgeous. And I also want to mention um, Belzer. Yeah, Richard Belzer. Yeah, Richard Belzer. Another yeah. sex symbol. Oh. A lot of people, a lot of the classic comics of our, that are slightly older than us, but I grew up watching are dying, like um, Gilbert Gottfried and Belzer. They were they, they appeared on the pod, Gilbert's podcast a couple yeah. times, and yeah. I really enjoyed Belzer. It was a great move for him when he went to um, Homicide Life what, on the Street. What a run he had yeah. with all those shows. Yeah, then he played the same character. Yeah. yeah. He's in X Files too, as much. Yeah. Like, he was. He, he went to the X Files as much. Wow, that's quite a crossover for him. My I fondest memory of uh, of Richard Belzer was when he was on the Howard Stern show, and he was talking about some kind of fundraising event. And my wife called in and asked him about his conduct at the event because he was actually kind of rude. And he said to my wife, "Mind your business, lady." And I thought that lady, that's my wife. Wow, so that's that was quite pretty a exciting. story. Pretty excited. I haven't. Well, he was funny. It's uh, it's sad. He uh, he died at home uh, with his family, so that's a nice way to go. But he was he was only seventy eight, which I guess that's... is not that old now. So yeah. the last but pictures I saw, especially all you guys, you know, I have a strange connection to Belzer as well. Yeah, yeah. connection. Well, <clears throat> remember how one of the the bits in the Homicide show was that Belzer's character uh, Munch had been married so many times. Right. The very final episode of Homicide Life on the Street has him getting married to the waitress at the bar that he owns. <laughs> right. a couple of, there is a scene with a wedding cake. The wedding cake has a standard wedding topper. I actually bought that wedding topper <laughs> long before I met the woman who would become my wife when they sold off all the props that were still in Baltimore. Oh, that's funny. feel like shipping them back. And it was literally on the top of my wedding topper oh, the day that I got married. <laughs> Wow, that that's is funny. a great story. We even actually we even wrote up a little thing and put a little plaque down next to the cake that that's said oh. the final episode of Homicide. What is distinctive about this wedding topper cake? It was Nothing. on Homicide. No, it, was it, just, it was on it was, Homicide. Yeah. It was on National was Television. Did you hear his last words? His I wish last I had words, cake topper. His, his last words were F you mother effer. Those were his last words before he died. Are you kidding I heard me? He's that. A, no. I heard that. Uh-uh. He's a friggin' legend, that guy. Yeah. And wow. is that a fucking legend, way to go, really. huh? He is an effing legend. Um, 
And of course, as, as uh, Sean mentioned earlier, we may be talking about Tom Sizemore next week, but not yet. We'll hold off on that one. Yeah, he's not well. That's unfortunate. And, uh, and Bruce Willis has got yeah. full-blown dementia. Yeah. Uh, yeah that that's, really this very this is his lasting legacy is this friggin' podcast. Yeah. Yeah. So, and he, he gets a yippee guy. I mean, and I want to mention things. one more person, Burt Bacharach. Oh, oh, yeah. He, oh, yeah. he was in his 90s. I didn't realize that. So many great songs, and what a great yeah. score to Butch Cassidy, too. They're dropping like flies. And and uh, Austin Powers put him back on the map. Yeah. <laughs> all right, after all that, Debbie, let's Thank talk you. about Apocalypto. Apocalypto, um, 2006 film. Uh, as the Mayan kingdom faces its decline, a young man is taken on a parallel ruled by fear and oppression. And boy, did they get a lot of oppression in this film. A lot of blood, a lot of guts, but a lot of humor, too. And a lot of heart. <laughs> Beating heart. Yeah, right out of the chest. Yeah. Um, and the I'm evil. fascinated why you picked this film, but let's you know, talk about it a little bit more, if you want to explain, or do you want someone else to jump what, in? What I, I think we might have to. Mayan, they use the um, Mayan language. As best they can, you know, and you can understand it in a way if you if you look at the subtitles and you you hear the words. We were in uh, Chichen Itza, in the um, Yucatan, and we had a tour guide at this place where they did um, offer sacrifice, and they had the game set up that they played the ancient game. What was it called? Do you remember the it game? It was something. It was something like like lacrosse. Yeah, so it's the head, but the, the head goes in the basket, right, or something like that. Yeah. Well, that's the winner of the game. If right. you won, and it you was, would be sacrificed. And oh, they nice. wanted to win. That was an honor for them. They're they're psychologically. They didn't have many returning champions. Mm, nobody. <laughs> um, it would have been while well, you buried the lead too. Who's this directed? Yeah, by? we should mention Mel Gibson. Yeah, directed directed this by show. Mel Gibson. Yeah. Of course. Yeah. I was getting to that. Mel Gibson, who, you know, he went off sometime and had a bad time of things. I'll but address that the, later. The, well, you, <laughs> uh, woke Corner. We call that Woke Corner. That's a new segment we have. Call whatever four-letter word you I like. like it. No, I'm all in. Let's go. Um, yeah, so Mel Gibson directed this. Um, what else, Debbie? It was so thrilling. It was so uh, good to watch the village. When they first start out, you know, they're doing their um, their hunting. The men went out and they bonded with the men and, and the dad was the, you know, it was ancestral, um, you know, what they did. They hunted there for his father and his father's father. And they my ate some balls. And my son's sons will hunt. And what you they say? Ate some, they ate some hog balls. Taper balls. Oh, yeah. tried to. Tried to. They, because he needed to... Uh, and pregnant. He wasn't having a baby. He needed to impregnate his wife, so they were doing all kinds of and stuff. And that was the funny part, you know. That was the funniest scene in the movie, that one. We, we all could relate to that, right? Oh, and, not Ralph. No, I don't have a problem. No. <laughs> I honestly thought that was like, it's funny. I remember seeing this movie in the theater, and I got to say, I honestly remember at that sequence being like, yeah, that's, these. they just would not let up on that dude. Like, oh, yeah. in the village, yeah. it takes a village to make a baby. It was yeah. brutal. I mean, a little yeah. part of me was like, I, it stopped being funny to me after a little bit. I mean, in the, in the, like, when they're out in the hunting party, I was like, oh, that's kind of funny. You know, it's like kind of they're messing with each other and, you know, there's kind of some back and forth. But like, then when the mother in law gets involved, I was just like, this poor dude. It's well, like, what if your friend's dad gave you something to to make your balls and I mean, like, Burn. hurt? Yeah, I mean, that, that's, that's a that's lot. Yeah, they, I, I couldn't tell whether they liked that guy. I mean, that guy. That I mean, just spot, the look but, of him, you knew he was a good guy, right? That's yeah. the whole thing, and I think that right. was part of it. Mel Gibson he was did a good job. Too. He was laughing too after it. What? Yeah, yeah. Uh, and and the, the main lead, Jaguar's paw, the Jaguar's paw, oh, was that his Rudy Youngblood? He yeah, was compelling. He was a good good person to put in the lead he was really good especially when things start happening and he ends up in the tar pit and all that stuff or the and none of these guys none of them were actors none of them had done anything before well he had done other stuff he had done wind walkers maybe after oh this. he did wind, I didn't re- wind oh, yeah. talkers he did that one yeah. with um uh nicholas cage, cage which may have been after this film so yeah it's it's a film in the amazon 
about the Mayan civilization, or the, actually the ending of the Mayan civilization, directed by Mel Gibson, which is why he infused it with things like the, eating the balls and making fun of that guy and some of the, the stuff that, that he infused this with, and some of the humor, too. Yeah, and let's not let's not forget that he was able to pull this off because he had essentially self-financed the Passion of the Christ, which was also in a, another completely another language. And and correct me if I'm wrong, that's probably still the highest grossing non-English spoken language movie in this country. Was that after this or before this? Before, before, before. Oh, it was two years before. Yeah. Yeah. I did yeah, not he know. Never would have let the cr- movie. Oh, I had no idea. I thought well, that was after. Why he was able to make this movie? Oh. This is the highest-grossing Mayan language film. All right, so let's talk about the plot, Debbie. The plot was you had this good group of hunters, the happy hunters, the good guys, who are hunting, and everything's great, and they're having fun with each other, and they come back, and everybody's singing and happy. And, but they meet this other group of people who were fishing in the ocean. Who They ask them, Why are you, what's going on? Why are you coming through our territory? Well, somebody ransacked our place. So now yeah. we're setting up that something... Right, you know. there was a, a drought. Right. And on special occasions... And a disease. Well, on special occasions, such as a drought or when it's needed, they'd have to sacrifice um, uh, uh, human blood and the heart. All right. for, so uh, before you get there... Yeah, we so don't know that at the beginning. We don't know that. So now this happy village gets attacked by who are basically the bad guys in the film, which are the, the people that you said came from the big... Inca City, whatever that city Maya. was, who was yeah. Mayan City, that's having a famine, yeah. and they need to collect people to sacrifice, not only sacrifice, but also enslave a lot of the women and some of the men, but some of the men are going to get sacrificed oh, up on the big... Well, no, they, that? Were, they were selling them. Yeah. The mother-in-law... Yeah. The mother-in-law got sold. Or didn't but get she sold. Didn't get sold. Too ugly. Like, she didn't, nobody she wants you. You could just leave. She was free to go. Yeah, yeah, you're free to go. How about that? So it is a... It is a it is sort of an us and them situation that, and we're, and we're rooting for the people that we met at the beginning of the film and horrible things happen to those people. Well, it's like Mr. Deeds goes to town where the people from the country end up in the big city yeah, and it's not what they do. expect. And you know, it's pretty, intense, and also so. the, the ad, so literally going to say this, it's the old rural versus urban people yeah. and the rural people. But do. also what Mel did is, and I think John will, I think John told this to me or talked about it. He's showing you something that you don't normally see. Sure. When you, when you go into that Inca city, you're seeing, and I did watch that history buff guy after this who ripped Mel Gibson to shreds about the history. Yeah, that's, that's, no, no, I just, let me just, let me, let me explain. Don't jump let's, yet. Let's explain. Go ahead. He did explain that this is a combination of Mayan and right. uh, Aztec. Aztec civilization the mayans didn't sacrifice people the way they showed in here and the aztecs they did so he mixed up a bunch of stuff yeah. but he also got complimented on what he showed going on in the city and how that city was laid out as they walked in and the lime is being produced and all the people they're meeting that he he kind of got that right now at the end of the film we'll talk about that he got that wrong but that's okay right. because the, of the way the film ends. Right. it's just it's it's just a cool shot Forgetting yeah, I, that it okay, would have never I, happened I, in that. I want to say something. I just want to address the historicity of the film. Mel Gibson never the history historicity. Of, no. the historicity. I mean, it's like Braveheart, right? No, you know, it's like I, and that's like okay. subject. I know a great deal about the American Revolution. The Patriot was just frustrating. Well, that's how this person started. Was like when you, if you look at Braveheart and the Patriot, you know, Mel Gibson doesn't give a crap about history. Yeah, which but is so, fine. I still yeah, credit I don't him. Care. I credit him because even if it's part this, part that, he's still showing me a world I've never seen before. Right, right. And I'm sure you're interested in the whole technical aspects of the film too. This was like a really big early, di- you know, completely digital production. If I'm not mistaken, that was one of the reasons I wanted to see it. You know, and you could tell it would. Ha- well, we'll talk later. But what were you yeah. saying? Okay, so basically there's criticism on Mel Gibson about the inaccuracies, but basically that's what the whole film is about, is the sacrifice, um, the ultimate sacrifice. We were in Chichen Itza, and we had this man, 
He was wonderful. He spoke. We got on the tour bus, and they they tell you don't go with the tour bus people. You know, take their um, their own tour. We found this guy, and right away he starts speaking Mayan to us, and we under he made it so we would understand the language. And then he told us about the region, how they played their game, that game that there's a big football field out there, and there's a little tiny. Um, basketball way up high well i mean there's no way the best basketball player who, who's the best ba- basketball player in the world he would it's never not kyrie irving <laughs> but there's no way you could make this goal you know when you have to get a spear going through it and you have you're battling other teammates to get to it so that you could be sacrificed and if you win you get sacrificed so that you know historically they're not going to say all that but we did actually climb the top where the heads were coming down. I think, I think, Debbie, the point is that if you're going to do a film that's only using Mayan language and you're talking about the end of the Mayan civilization, people might get a little bit, you know, hey, but you're, you're mixing stuff. You know, you're, you're talking about Aztec. The way the sacrifices are happening was how the Aztecs sacrificed yeah. out the Mayans. I mean, it's, but it well, doesn't matter because the film, the film ultimately is a chase film, which is what it gets yeah. to halfway it's through. It's a hell of an action movie. It's a, it's a great action film. And I think that's really what, what should be talked about. I mean, all that other stuff, like when I see, you see movies, things are lied all the time. It's, this stuff is fudged all yeah. the time. Yeah, you don't care. So, and well, the tech, and like what Sean is saying, the technical aspects of this film, I don't know how they shot in the jungle the way they shot. I mean, there's some behind-the-scenes They stuff, really had but, to protect the cameras. Um, uh, the cameras and the people and the, the, the amount of running that was going on, and I don't know how, you know, it, it's, it's just an amazing film for that. The Chase film alone is worth the watch. And it's like pure cinema after a while. It's much like um, there was a certain film that was like pure cinema. Uh, I know Mad what you're talking about. Yep. Yeah, it might be Mad Max. Does it rhyme with Uri Road? Um, but again... <laughs> He had to do the, 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 the film got all of the, the, the big press on the film was the sacrifice scene because yeah. that's, that's fairly brutal and bloody. You know, they're yeah. ripping hearts out, heads are getting chopped off, rolling down the stairs. But ultimately, once you get past that and it becomes when they let the guys that they painted all in blue go, okay, you can escape if you get through the corn, you know, get to the corn, which you know they're not going to let them go. It's and all a Jag- game. Yes, Jaguars car <laughs> gets through and then now the chase is on. <laughs> I, I I love this film. I'm just going to say it right now. I just thought it was amazing, and um, and bloody and gory and fun. Jan, you're rooting for Jaguars, Jaguars Paw. I don't know how to say his name, but Jaguar Paw, Jaguar Paw. I'm rooting for him the whole way. I mean, the scene with the with talk about he also had his wife that he put in that pit, yeah the that cave. Was- she has the baby underwater, all that stuff. I mean, it's like, okay, uh, yeah, some of the stuff. No, that, but the movie doesn't work as well without that. That's his clock. He has to get home. Right. Because if he, if, he, if he had not seen her fate, if he had just left her and she was being dragged off like Blunt's uh, wife, or he just didn't know, he'd say, I want to get home. But he knows where his wife and kid are. And when it starts raining, he knows I have that's, to go that's now. Triggers, and yeah. that really, look, I mean, Mel Gibson can make a movie. And this is a really intense action movie, and I think as far as just as a movie, it's definitely one of his tighter, more entertaining movies. And the fact that the history is nonsense, uh, it doesn't really bother me. I don't know, um, you know, it's I don't know. It just doesn't it doesn't offend a lot of movies take liberties like that, and he's not claiming like there's nothing in it that that says, well, here's the academic papers and the historical research that I've based this on, uh, and. I mean, you know, as, as you get to the end of the movie, the real danger appears, which, like in Indian movies, is white people. And that is the future uh, of all these awful things that we see in the movie. It's going to get much, much worse. And uh, I thought it was it was a really, uh, it was a neat snapshot to see a movie made that well, that tight. And, you know, again, with all these people you never see in the movies, except for the guy who played the high priest who was ripping out hearts. He basically played the same role in The Fountain. The same year, the uh, Darren Aronofsky oh, really? movie. Yeah, he played I, Lord Shabalba. There's a great that. scene in the uh, in the uh, backs, you know, when they did some behind the scenes. You see him up there drinking a big orange, 
crunch or something. <laughs> it's so funny to see him in that situation. Yeah, apparently, I, apparently Mel Gibson has a director's cameo as one of the guys covered in lime. <laughs> Uh, in that scene, I've never actually seen it in the movie, but apparently yeah, that's yeah, that's it's in it's there because he wasn't white enough, cigar, I guess. Though, so in a beard, smoking a cigar. Um, and then I did like the whole, you know, using the sun, using the eclipse to control the the masses, and how they would do that. I mean, that's sort of um, I, I like that aspect of it as well. So, uh, John, you're quiet. What do you got? No, I'm just uh, I had never seen this movie, so I don't oh, know if I'm everyone so else saw it. Yeah. I had no desire to see this movie when it first came out. And uh, maybe because I know it was in a different language and it was going to be subtitled. But after all the Indian movies we watched, that's not a big deal anymore. Right. So uh, the first the first half hour or so, because we've been watching some movies that for me have been kind of downers. So uh, that's what I felt like in the first half hour. And I'm like, oh, God, I got to watch another movie that is just going to depress the crap out of me. And I'm not looking forward to it. And then it started to change, um, really when, when it became, uh, predator almost, you know what I mean? When he was, uh, or, or, uh, the, the da- most dangerous game. I really, I really enjoyed it. I also, uh, you know, you guys are talking about the historical accuracy. Well, the average person has no idea about history of the Mayans. So right. it's not I made. Didn't. It's right. So it's like the only people that are going to critique it are people who are deep knowledge about the Mayans. Everyone else, he made an adventure film and that's all he was trying to do. It was one of the most. I always say this and, and lately the movies we've been doing, I've saying this a lot, but it's a place I've never seen before. Mm-hmm. And the jungle was just strikingly shot i mean it was just absolutely gorgeous the way he shot it um and and i really liked like there was a scene where he he was saying um jaguar uh don't rain don't rain and i thought he just didn't want to get wet you know at the time then he says it again now all of a sudden you make the connection with the wife and the daughter in that big hole that's why he's worried about the rain and why he's got to get back so I, I I ended up really enjoying this film. The first half hour or so was a slog for me a little bit, and I was kind of like, oh, God, I, I don't think I'm ready for this one. But as it started going on, you really cared about the people. Um, again, the, the whole Aztec temple thing was like, I've never seen that before quite like that. It was all those extras that were there, and I don't know how much back then, how much CGI they used, none. but. Yeah, I was none. okay. So there was. I mean, there was CGI I mean, in the film, but not for that stuff. Okay, they built. They I mean, I, built a city. I couldn't get over that. That whole set yeah. was was pretty amazing. Hey, listen. Also, when I bring up the historical inaccuracies, it didn't. It didn't take away the film for me. I just found it fascinating. Yeah. Oh no, no, no! I'm not you saying know. that to you. I'm saying that anyone who critiques the his, historical accuracy of this, if you're making a point, same thing with the Patriot or these other movies. Well, they do that uh, all the time. Unless Everything. you are, like I said, unless you know. And I know a lot about the the Revolutionary War, okay? But this was something I knew nothing about, and I didn't go in there thinking, well, I wonder if this is historically accurate. Uh Uh-uh. I was just like, hey, it's a good action movie. And that's how most people will look at that. And it surprised me how much I... It did actually surprise me how much I enjoyed it. And I really did enjoy it, Debbie. So I I was shocked that you picked this. But Can uh, I ask you, you said the the first part of the movie, you were it was kind of... Are you... Like, how far in? Are you talking about when they... When the village gets attacked... And all that brutality or, or no, it was, it was prior to that. that. Yeah. Uh, I just felt like I, I, you know, when they started ripping apart the, uh, the animal and pulling everything, I was like, mm. oh, this is what this movie's going to be like. And I really wasn't up for that with, with you know, the la- like I said, the last few movies, like I'll talk about with what we watched. I had to watch some movies to get some of this stuff out of my head. <laughs> and that's where I thought this was going. Yeah. And it didn't. It, it surprised where it went, and uh, I, I I really enjoyed it. So I asked. So. I asked because I had forgotten when the when the story widens and those terrible people show up to to hunt for them. It turned into Conan the Barbarian, like just people yeah. coming out of it was the brutal, woods and brutal. destroying your private, yeah. quiet family place. And uh, it, it was just. I mean, I I saw it. I didn't see it in the theater because I didn't want to give. Um, theater money to him but i was curious about the movie and i saw it when it came out on uh, i probably got the dvd from netflix or something and i was like this is just really awesome 
I mean, it's just one of, it's another one of these things. You set a goal, you do it right. And it's a really exciting action movie. And I really cared about the fate of everybody and watching certain characters that hunted them, watching them finally die, like watching the guy get hit with a pig trap and, um, the, the one who, um, I, uh, who like pushed the guy off the cliff. Yeah. When they were going to, like, he was especially sadistic and yeah, evil. Yeah. Like, watching these people get their, get their, uh, well, and Mel did a good job of making great. sure we knew who those people were. There was mm-hmm. no question you could recognize. Yeah, yeah that was everybody. Really great. They were very distinct. Yeah, distinct. Yeah. Chris, uh, wonderful scene where he's down there egging on, let's all jump. <laughs> and he's looking. Well, I like the one guy who says, you know, I don't think I really want to do this. Let's go around. And I right. thought he just kind of elbowed him. No. He took him out. Yeah. <laughs> Killed him. I, I um yeah, I actually did see this movie in the theater at the time. Um and uh it, it it's funny because it is a fantastic action movie, right? You know, I mean I think there's a lot of undertones that, that Gibson was possibly going for. Like I said, his his prior film to this was The Passion of the Christ, which I've still never seen. Um you know, as I said to my friends at the time, I don't need to see a snuff film starring Jesus. And, um, well, yeah. can I just jump in real quick? The one thing that, that was pointed out too is everybody that gets stabbed in this film by a sword gets stabbed on the right side, mm. the way Jesus was stabbed up on the cross from his film. So, oh, it's the, the classic Mayan stigmata, you mean? Yeah, I think he, Mel, might have been dropping some of that stuff in. But you see, that's wrong. That's really an Aztec thing. Okay, see? <laughs> But I mean, just, I mean, obviously he had a lot of the undertones about, you know, um, you know, being in touch with nature is, is a more pure way to live and that the, the city is the, is the root of all evil and all that kind of stuff. But it is just a fantastic action scene movie. And, you know, I love the part with the beast. You know, he's, he's, oh, yeah. blood and he wraps yeah. up that, that giant yeah. wasp's nest or whatever. Mm. And, um, you know, but there are just a lot of great sequences. But what I, I, I it's really. Home Alone. It's Home Alone in the jungle. Yeah. yeah. Except, it's a pretty you know, sadistic well, movie, too. Exactly. But what I thought was really great about this film was that in the middle of this, he's got, it's so intense, right? You know, it's so, you know, you're on the edge of your seat. And then when he pulls up and you see those three ships. It is such a great rug pulling moment. Like it pulls it right out from underneath your feet and you're like, Oh, it's really on now. (laughs) You know, these are the conquistadors. Get ready because they're going to bring the pain. Like, well, you don't realize until that scene that that's the apocalypse of the title. That is the apocalypse apocalypse is the city that's dying and the famine and and the, and the disease and all this stuff. But no, the real destruction is coming. The real disease and and destruction is coming. Exactly. Both literal and, uh, and when you see those guys in the boat, all the white guys, you're like, Oh Jesus, here we go. They ruined everything. um, But I I gotta tell you guys. (laughs) Right, John? They ruined everything. They do. Yeah, because those people were so happy before that. Yeah. (laughs) That was a happy village they started out. They were. Mm -hmm. They were they were doing their The kids were happy. Everybody was yes. But here's the thing about uh, that particular place that Sean and I visited in Chichen Itza. There's uh, pictures of the Mayan people. And they all it's so strange. Carvings of them. The carvings on the the buildings and such, and their faces are he- like hedgehogs, like Hedge, hatchets, hatchet heads. Their eyes, like their face, comes to a point, and their eyes are somewhat on the sides. And even though that population is probably how many one percent left of the Mayans, the real Mayans, you could tell that feature in a lot of the people. Yeah, a lot of the people that worked there. I mean, look like they came off the reliefs. Yeah, you know, the, right off the the hieroglyphics. Yeah, and the one guy, there, just a tour guide who was amazing. There were some kids who were being rowdy, young kids, and it would keep interrupting him. It's like, don't worry, folks, we will be sacrificing those children when we get. <laughs> Jesus, <laughs> he said that a couple and times. You guys were all yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, oh yeah. boy. Uh, but it's if you ever get a chance to go we've there. also been to mine ruins in belize as well now we're sitting we're climbing up to the top where they're you know the heads will roll thing <laughs> and i you know i was 46 when i was there so climbing that thing was 
kind of scary. We get to the top and I'm sitting with my back against the pil pillar, right? And this woman, and I don't blame her, she came and she stepped on my hand and <laughs> Sean said, oh, that's okay. No, right it was her, her husband said that it's okay. Oh, he said, yeah, it's okay because nobody wants to have a disparaging word up there high up on the cliff, you know, with somebody standing on your hand. It hurts so bad, but, you know. And you know, then he went uh, and he went underground with the Jaguar. And then you went up. Yeah, there was like oh, a, there was the, they went I into the internal that. chambers. And I want to say something. Those people must have been shorter. But because it was and so steep, that deep. couldn't have been more than three feet top from like the stair to the roof. But because it was so steep, you could actually get up there. And they would let one group go up and then come down. Because I got to tell you, you'd be so claustrophobic. If you knew other people were coming up and you couldn't. Well, the get good news is they don't let you climb those things anymore. Yeah, because oh, yeah. American college students were like doing graffiti well, because they're yeah. So, yeah. Um, but back There's to the those film. white people again. Please back to the film. Uh, <laughs> yeah, but it's just fascinating. I, I I've been to Cancun. I did all that. I I would never want to you know. But the Mayans were around for two thousand years or more. I mean, it's amazing civilization. So, um, and and he's basically making a statement that that was the end of it and. You know, it's over now. These guys are rolling up on them. So, and that scene, you see the three of them just stop fighting. Yeah. <laughs> well, those two, those two well, other guys that we never see again, they are in such awe that they start just walking down the beach, and we just, we don't know what happens to them. Right. And 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 Jaguar Paul is like, "Bye, yeah, I'm gonna go get my wife, <laughs> get her out of there." Now, here's the interesting thing about what our guide said about the um, language. And I'll tell you, Ralph. I know we you're just, laughing, Ralph. I'm laughing because we just can't get away from your tour. <laughs> We're trying to. I keep. I'm telling you, the language that that and that is there, the Mayans speak, is uh, Greek and um, Latin. Okay. And they've been along for uh, longer than two thousand years. Okay. I agree with your face, Chris. <laughs> I'm trying. Okay. Okay. Can we? We're okay. We're off the I'm tour now, right? <laughs> Apocalypto. Okay. Back I mean, to the film. Movie, right? Yeah. Jesus. Uh, does anybody want about the uh, they hate thing? Me. They hate me. No, don't hate you at all. I don't understand. Now, I, I, I wish I would have pointed this out to Debbie because in the, one of the previous episodes, we were talking about video smoothing and refresh rates and all. Yeah. I don't know if you guys were watching it, but this, you know, you were seeing, I was seeing some of that in this movie. Sure. And I think it's like, it's locked into this movie because this was an early all digital action film shot outdoors. I can see that because they're blasting through that jungle. They're, you know, they're. Yeah. And, so you and were seeing one, some, and I, I think some of that. It had to have been a helicopter. The shot he does over the waterfall. I was going to ask about that one. Where he starts behind him and comes back around to the bottom of the waterfall. He was so close to the guy. I, I, I don't, I, I don't think know they how they did that. I, I would think maybe it's a long boom or something. Because now if you did it, you'd maybe use a drone. You would but, definitely use a drone now. Yeah. I don't know if that was a helicopter they used. I don't think that yeah, boom would be that long. Be That's a long shot. Well, it also and, probably was two shots that they put together, and you just can't it, see I'm, it. I'm I mean, sure it was. I'm sure it was. But it was still impressive to have it start oh, yeah. around him and then come down the waterfall. It was so um, striking. I mean, that, the yeah. Mel Gibson's imagery in his movies, they're just, I mean, if you just if you think of Braveheart or his other films, you, you are remembering specific images that are just so thoughtfully constructed. And uh, th he's one of those people that I think, you know, was just born to intuitively to get there yeah. to make these movies, you know, and I think that's, you know, this is a great example of if, if Mel Gibson is going to do an action well, the movie, one, then this the is one a I, really pure action movie. The one I remember is one of the dudes jumps in the waterfall and you see he just barely missed the rocks, right? So you go, oh my God, this rock's down there. The next yeah. guy just yeah. slams his head right into it. Like, yeah. oh. And Jaguar yeah. Paul's reaction yeah. when right. they start coming down because he great. thought yeah. he was safe. Yeah, he was right. shocked. Yeah. Now, I want to say something about Mel Gibson now, because given all the trouble he's been through and all, he still is a great uh, director, great film person, movie maker. And I would love for Mel Gibson to uh, be the, um, uh, in Sean's movie, I, John, that he won the Kairos Prize for. We've always saw him Mel, in that room. If Mel, you're if you're there. As far as, and your other guy, your other guy, Jim Caviezel. Jim Caviezel. I love you, Jim. 
And uh, if you guys could do this film, it's so your it's right in your um, uh, wheelhouse. Wheel Mel, feel free, Tim, if you're saying it too, feel free to leave a note. Yes, in the comments. It's, yeah. it, I'm uh, sure they're going to be one of the well, 120 that, people that watch this. I mean that that sounds like my cue, which is um, <laughs> Mel Gibson has repeatedly shown himself to be racist, sexist, anti-Semitic, a man who commits domestic violence. Uh, you can blame that on his alcoholism. You can blame it on his father's extremist church upbringing that actually rejected uh, the Second Vatican Council. You can blame it on his own uh, extreme religious beliefs. But it doesn't matter. I, I think it is completely reasonable to look at someone's work and say yeah. this is an incredible piece of work. He's also an objectively terrible person. And one of his dream projects uh, that apparently he's been working on for years is to do exactly a movie of the Maccabees, which I totally get because the Maccabees in the story of Hanukkah, the heroes of the story, are exceptionally violent religious zealots who kill other Jews as traitors as well as fighting the Assyrian invaders. So I can see that being right up uh, his uh, his interest. But um, keep your fucking hands off the Maccabees, Mel. And uh, I just... I find it very aggravating on a personal level that I'll see something like Hacksaw Ridge and I'm like, God damn, that's a good movie. It's a really well done movie, but he is an objectively terrible person. And I think it's bad that we um, keep uh, glossing over that because it's not just like, I don't think we're, nobody's glossing over. No, as far as he keeps getting work, he keeps getting esteem. And I think it's, it's unfortunate because there are people who do terrible things and they did a terrible thing. And that happens because people yeah, make poor choices. But this guy does it over and over and over. And you think it's that he awful. has mental issues, mental illness? That's not an excuse. Kanye West has uh, clearly terrible mental health problems. It's not an excuse. Especially these guys, they can get help. They I still help. loved him in uh, the Santa Claus movie he did. So, um, uh, yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm going to throw this out here. I mean, it, it reminds me of. In a lot of ways, I, I, I look at Mel Gibson's work and I feel the same way that I feel about Roman Polanski's work. You know, yep. Roman Polanski's a, a pretty, he's a pretty bad dude. In, yep. in, yeah, in but different that's ways. raping a child. Yeah. Um, yeah. Are we really gonna, are we really gonna say that, that, that something but is, my point is, worse? is, is, like I said, in different I'm ways, but they're, 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 they're bad dudes. Yes. Um, they're very talented men, but they're bad. They're bad people in different ways. Um, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna sit here and try to, you know, balance the scales and say what's worse or what's yeah. better. Um, I'm just gonna go ahead and say they're, they're, they're both pretty, pretty, pretty bad people. Um, but they're talented. You know, it's like I, I remember once having an argument about, um, you know, the original birth of a nation. You know, it's, it's a, it's a film that is, uh, historically important as a, as, as a, as a part of our, as, as a part of film history of pushing the art and the science of filmmaking forward, sure. um, the idea, the actual content of that film is reprehensible, you know? And um, it was then too. It was, you know, yeah. but you literally had, you know, Woodrow Wilson screen it at the White House and call it history written with lightning. And therefore the Ku Klux Klan went from about a membership of roughly 5,000 people to almost 5 million. Now they had they had changed their hatred speech a little bit as well uh, to be more almost anti-communist and anti-union uh, than they were straight racists. But um, my point being is that you know you can look at Mel Gibson's work and you know you can appreciate it for its quality, but it's it's and I and I and I and, you know obviously anybody who's who's into music or who's into writing or anything has got you know that's a personal challenge that you have to kind of make or not challenge, but you know decide you know whether or not you're going to appreciate this person's art even though you may disagree with them, uh, you know terribly, you know um, that. Kind well, of, we talk about that all the time, separating Kevin the art Spacey. from the person. Uh, Kevin Spacey is a big one. Roman Polanski really already brought up Woody Allen. I mean, I mean, sure. I don't know how you just go down the list, but Mel Gibson does for some reason. Uh, people don't want to give up on him, and I don't know why they're giving him more of a break than Kevin Spacey and Woody Allen. And it's children. Well, number it's because one, Woody Allen's what, children. What? Yeah, Spacey's maybe. Mm -hmm. Because Mel Gibson can still make money. Mel Gibson made his own independent movie, as Chris said, and that made nine figures. I was going to say something now, and it's just word. He used words. He didn't kill anybody. He didn't 
mess anybody up. He, Except he, his wife that he physically I mean, assaulted repeatedly. And that like 23 year old Russian singer he beat the shit out of. Yeah. I mean, oh, I missed that. Yeah. Like, I mean, not only, not only was he dating somebody who was essentially younger than his own children, which I mean, she's an adult. She's 23. She's an adult. You know, making her own choices, but he, he he mentions it to the public quite openly that he was wrong and he is, um, you know, quite paying for that. But I don't think he is paying for it. I, no, mean, I don't. I don't oh, no, he's not. Oh, he's, he's caliber star. He he's not paying. Not not not. His career is not paying. He he well, had a he had a slump. He had a slump. Jodie Foster brought him back with her movie The Beaver. If you remember? Yeah, she did with fan of her choice either. Yeah, she did Maverick with him, and she really adored Mel Gibson, and she kind of brought him back after that big incident he had with the cop and all the stuff that he everybody found out. So slowly he keeps he keeps making his way back. Yeah. But I mean, people are, people are more, they're more willing to have him behind the camera than in front of it. That's like, what I'm, that's my He point. hasn't been a star in many films in a while. Like, he's the, done it, but have you seen, he's, a done a, he's done a ton of films lately. Yeah, yeah he works regularly. Absolutely. Yeah, a lot of independent features, but he's getting great reviews judge, in all of them. I don't want to judge, I try, uh, as I'm getting older and older, I don't want to judge anybody. I and, will. I mean, this is the problem. This is the problem. And John, I know John is like freaking out right now because we're not talking about the movie. We're talking about the man. But this is the problem because I love Mel Gibson movies. Now, would I not like Mel Gibson as a human being? No, probably not. But I love his movies and I love him. I love watching him in movies. And this is very difficult. And, and Kevin Spacey, the same thing. It's like I miss seeing that man in films because he was great. Yeah, like K-Packs and, 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 and Pay It, it Forward. It, 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 <laughs> yeah, there's a couple of stinkers, a lot of stinkers. What's the one about the capital punishment one he did? David the Life Gale. of David Gale. That That's one, a yeah. real stinker. Garbage. You know, um, uh, but I'm, okay, I, I don't, I think we can get off the Mel Gibson train right now. But I just want to point up the Roman Polanski thing. And like, why? And some people are feeling this. Well, when I saw The Pianist, that was such a terrific movie. And I was like, I don't want to see that Roman Polanski. And it just frustrated. I'm sure Drew's frustrated the same way about this Mel Gibson film. But to me, it's like, damn, that was a really good movie. It had a really great message, you know, and um, I love that movie. And it's like, which one are you talking about now? This one or Pianist? What? The penis. Pianist. What are you talking about right now? The Pianist. The, the Pianist. The Pianist. Yeah. You know, the Roman Polanski film. Yeah. Even even a minor Polanski film, like I don't know if you guys saw the Ghost Writer that had Ewan McGregor and I love Pierce that Brosnan. Film. That yeah. is an outstanding thriller. Yeah, like really excellent world class thriller, and the kind of movie you would expect from Roman Polanski. Yeah, and he gave us Chinatown, of course, but he also gave us things like Frantic, another killer thriller. Yeah. But you know, I think it's I think it's okay to find your own way with how you feel about the work um, itself. Yeah. But I think it's foolish to pretend that. It is separate from the people who make it and the way that people are treated. Like, it's okay with me if you say, I like Titanic, but I really didn't like the way James Cameron treated Kate Winslet on the set. Yeah. Both of those things are, are Look at Brian. What about Brian Singer? We could go down the list. Oh, yeah. No. Yeah, and on and on. Harvey Weinstein. I mean, he finally got his comeuppance, but how long did he run with all these films? That, anyway. Okay. Well, now you're talking about movies film. I watched, so we'll get there so, later. So should we just rate this film or do we need to talk any more about what happened or are we good? Well, okay, that was easy. John, what's your rating? Kaye, <laughs> so quiet. Chris, Yippee Kaye, it's a it's a it's a great action film with a great, with like with just a great ending. You yep. know, yep. Drew, yeah, Yippee Kaye, it's a it's a hell of a movie. I mean, if I think of what's what's a great example of a chase movie, this is always on yeah. the short list. Well, mm-hmm. also the chase with uh, Charlie uh, Charlie, what's his name? Um, Charlie Sheen and Charlie uh, Sheen and well, it's not the only Buffy, chase. Movie. Crispy the Vampire That's Christy Slayer Swanson. Girl. Yeah, Christy yeah. Swanson. That's yeah. a good chase. Movie. All right, uh, Sean and Debbie. Yippee Kaye. Any more Inca stories? Or are we good? It's an interesting choice, Debbie. Thank you for bringing it. <laughs> no, I, just uh, I say Yippee Kaye as well, yeah. and I understand all the Mel Gibson stuff, but I still love the film. All right, let's do a little round of what you watch. Now, I had a clock I was going to put in, but I think I'm not going to. I think I'll just. 
I'll just cue people if I feel like you're going too far, too far, okay. too long. Okay. Uh, let's start with Chris. Chris, what'd you watch? Um, I actually watched, um, Ridley Scott's 1985, um, beautiful yet messy, uh, legend. With oh my God. I watched that yesterday yeah. too. No way. Which, yeah. which, we, we watched uh, the theatrical version. I want well, to watch the, the director's cut now. Oh yeah, I have the original. I, well, I won't say the original, but who's I have in this to, one? Wait, who's in this one? Tom Cruise, Tom Cruise, Cruise Tim, Tim Curry, Curry, Tim Curry as Darkness. Yeah. Um, without a doubt, one of the absolute greatest makeup jobs you'll ever see. Bringing Absolutely. forth something that is not that is completely fa- fantastical, but bringing yeah. it to life. Got an um, Oscar nomination. Yeah, it, it, well, it, did. it was gorgeous. Um, it's funny. I, I like this film because it is. There's three distinctly different versions. There's an American theatrical, a European theatrical, and then a director's cut. And I watched it on my 2002 DVD, which blows my mind that DVD is now over 20 years old. Right. Um, Anyway, uh, like I said, kind of a mess of a film. You know, um, the director's cut obviously is 25 minutes longer than either of the other versions. The international version is only a few minutes longer. Well, the director's cut is supposed to be more coherent. It is. Uh, as it's far as the story. But it also, is, yeah. the the, re- the biggest reason I'm drawn to it, the Tangerine Dream score of the mm-hmm. theatrical cut is very 80s, and, and it's fine. Yep. But Jerry Goldsmith did the score for the yes. original version. And I mean, like, he's... I he mean, also, I, I want to hear how that works with those images. And it, it works great. Um, I can cool. tell you that. And um, But he also did the score for the international version as well. Hmm, okay. um, Jerry Goldsmith for Tangerine. Jerry Goldsmith. So, yeah, so um, so I saw that film. I rewatched that movie. Really terrific. Um, and then I got a. I listened to a podcast that was right up my alley. It's called Paper Movies. It is a review of novelizations. I love those. Um, unfortunately for me, um, I could I could barely get through a few episodes because they're obviously like book people and they don't understand like. Like they're talking about the novelization and oh, did they add this or did they not? And I'm like, they don't understand that you know the author gets a final script, the final shooting script, which obviously many times does not appear to be the same as what gets put on screen. Um, so there was a lot of those things where it's like some of their their, and I don't mean this in really a negative way, their ignorance about the way that movies are made and marketed and stuff kind of was annoying to me. But um, they did actually talk about Alien, which was uh, written by Alan Dean Foster. Um, and uh, Alien, he's a, an author in his own right. So th- he did Alien and Aliens. And it's funny, Drew, when you were talking about the special edition of Aliens, uh, I was so excited when I finally saw that special edition because I had read the novelization back in like 86. And so many of those scenes yeah, were in the novelization. And I thought it was just something that he had added because in 86, I wasn't as understanding of how movies are made and edited and things like that. So, but, uh, but later on, you know, four years later when I finally, or more than that, 10 years later when I saw the special edition, I was like, holy crap, that was in there all along. Anyway, yeah. that's all I did this week. All right. Let well, that did. went a little over two minutes. So I'm sorry. I'm going to put a clock up now. So uh, hang in there. Chris, you're always talking too much. Chris, it's not your fault. Okay. And who wants to go? John, I'm going to set the clock on you. Go. Oh, sure. Uh, So I went to the movies and I saw. Nice. Ant-Man. What is that? Is that an Ant-Man mask? That's an Ant-Man helmet. You paid for that? So um, what do you do with that? I really wanted to like this movie. No, don't answer my question. I really like Paul Rudd. And uh, I love the first Ant-Man, but Marvel is just totally screwing up these movies, and it was just... Uh, well, isn't the I, same I, creative guy ahead of Marvel? Uh, yeah, Feige, Kevin whatever Feige, his name is? but, but he, it, D- Disney's got their hands all over this. Oh, okay. Let's blame Disney. Well, it is. I mean, it is. But well, I'm, not gonna, gotta blame Disney. I'm not going to... I'm not going to... I'm going to do a separate uh, short on this, so I'm not going to review it. So what I watched after some of the movies that we've watched, I went to some old films... I watched 1936's My Man Godfrey, oh, which after after it happened one night is one of the most famous screwball com- comedies. It was it's still excellent today. William. The dialogue, the cast. I also watched for the first time Sullivan's Travels, uh, directed oh, by Preston Sturgis, first time. 1940. Yeah, first time I've ever seen. It. I've seen right. bits and pieces of it, 
I really like the movie a lot. Very funny. And then the last 20 minutes, it just takes a dark, dark turn that I was totally not expecting. Also, Veronica Lake, who I don't really know a lot of her work, she was just gorgeous in that movie. And, you know, I read stuff about her, and they say she's not that attractive. She was gorgeous in that movie with that hair coming down, and she was pregnant while she was making the movie. Just a funny, funny movie. Um, You know, I like going back to the classics, and that was one that I was I wanted to watch. So that's what I watched. And I'll do my Ant-Man review on a separate one and let you know what I think about that movie i guess you didn't like it i think we already uh, good john you had 10 seconds that was a good job i like paul rudd Paul Rudd, really good all right paul rudd was good he is yeah, very right. good let me reset the timer yeah who's next let's go sean and debbie we oh, watched the king. show everybody been talking about here or drew at least tulsa king Still, yeah. so Stallone yeah. rocks it. He, he's still Excellent. he's, he's playing still younger at seventy eight. He's, he's seventy eight, but plays a seventy five year old and totally sells it. Yes, yeah. he does. Yeah, I'm I'm convinced. He still got it though. He still got oh, that. Ooh. he does. He's it's great. great gangster fish out of water film. Yeah, so you know it's got humor, it's got heart, and it's it's got act. It's got everything you want. It's got a lot of violence. Sheraton and Terrence Winter, who did um. Boardwalk Empire, if I'm not mistaken, fabulous was also heavily involved in this one as well. See his name all over the credits. So it's a great film. And I do want to tell Chris that my novel, Sarah's Choice, was novelized. You know, my partner and I did not write it, long story. And there were sections of it they just copied word for word from the script. Yeah. You know, and... um why don't you tell... That was also novelized by Alan Dean Foster. That was the most yeah, amazing... Yeah, you know... He had just mm-hmm. finished Alien Six mm-hmm. and jumped on this, and mm-hmm. uh, and it, it, what pisses me off: the person who did the novelization got paid more for that than we got for the movie. Oh. But oh. that's another story. And they do like a foreword where they make it sound like the novel came first, oh. and then the script came second. Rude. That's Thievery. another thing. Piss me off. But how many episodes of Tulsa King has dropped? There are nine episodes. Uh, it's that's the whole season. They're all out on oh, uh, Paramount Plus, and yeah, I watched it's the first already been renewed for a second season. Well, you know what? I honestly think they could have gone ten episodes and played out and stretched out that last thing. I think well, what could- I think was good is that they have storylines that they resolve over the course of the first yeah. season and in some expe- unexpected ways. Right, and they have storylines that clearly can go. The whole series, whether it's two seasons or seven seasons. And it's really, it was really satisfying because I was like, okay, we, we got this one wrapped up. This is great. And some of the stuff that they wrap up, they can make echoes of it and, 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 uh, you know, and other effects of them. And there's certain things that I think will just, it's just entertaining. It's just really fun. That's it. It's just entertaining. I loved it. It was, it just, it was just a good time watching TV. Then rarely for the next thing. one. Wait, is it Paramount or Peacock? Paramount. Paramount. Paramount, okay. All Paramount right. plus Showtime. Now it's Drew's turn. Go. So um, I watched actually two movies that we kind of touched on some of the stuff that they're about already. One of them, a friend, uh, some friends of ours uh, said to Kelly and I, come over and watch this movie. And um, it was a movie that I'd heard was terrible. It is a big mess, but it's not terrible. It's called Babylon. Oh, and, yeah. Uh, it's got a fantastic score by Justin Hurwitz that will probably win an Oscar. But uh, it is a, a, a big, ridiculous mess about the movie industry. Um, if you ever thought, you know what Singing in the Rain needs? More orgies with uh, dwarves and piles of cocaine and elephants and full okay. frontal nudity, John's favorite, then Babylon is Look for you. Look at John's face. Look at John's really, face. It's really kind of a, an extraordinary movie. There are much better versions of this story. Like well, what Boogie year? Nights. What year was this set in? It's set, it starts in 1926 and it goes uh, all the way through to 1952. And it's really oh. the transition from silence to talkies. And uh, Margot Robbie is is great. Brad Pitt is great. Like, there's a lot of great stuff in it, but Ooh, it's also Brad a big Pitt. crazy mess. The other movie that I watched, which was I thought really kind of extraordinary, and I'm sorry that it hasn't gotten attention, is also about the movie industry. Um, is called She Said. And it's about the two reporters of the New York Times that broke the Harvey Weinstein story. Yeah, this is a this is a hell of a movie. I mean, it's a great journalism movie. It's a great retelling of of a recent history movie. It's a great thriller and drama. 
uh, the, the script alone is just, it's just really incredible. And I mean, I, to see, to see a good movie about, uh, journalism that, that just happened. I mean, All the President's Men is still a great movie, but that's a long time ago. And so yeah. to see this story and, and to see what happened was really, it was very moving. It's great performances. And I mean, uh, Harvey Weinstein was, is one of the all time great monsters, uh, and the terrible things that he did and that he did for decades. And you've got a number of people like Ashley Judd playing themselves in the film and it's very moving. So I would recommend anybody to see it. It's currently on Peacock. Uh, and I think also you can rent it and I'm sorry that more people, um, didn't see it and didn't get more awards. Yeah. Attention. It really flopped at the box office. I thought yeah, I don't it- think they really knew how to market it. It was, it reminded yeah. me of fair game. Another excellent, excellent movie based on recent history with Sean Penn and Naomi Watts that just didn't find an audience. And she yeah, said, that was a tricky one. Fantastic. But, uh, uh, the fantastic. post, have you seen the post? I actually just rented that from Amazon. I need to watch that. That's because, a good. That's uh, the uh, that's the uh, prequel Meryl to uh, All the Presidents Men. It's right. Like the yeah. No, I'm, I'm excited to see it's that Spielberg's cool. movie. So yeah. Um, about so she she said it's one of the best things I've seen in a while. Awesome. I can't wait. So that's streaming. That she said is streaming. It it's is. on Peacock. Yeah. Oh, I want to see that one. All right. Let I me set the timer for me, and I'm going to go. Here we go. You guys can't see it till I air this. We'll have to trust oh, you on it. Yeah. I, I'm done. No, it went off. Uh I decided to just watch crappy movies. So I went to Hulu and I rented two back to back. One is called Man Eater. It's about a shark. Oh. It stars, it stars an executive produced by Trace Atkins, you know, the, the country Soul. singer. Oh. And Nikki Whelan. Do you know who Nikki Whelan is? Did any of you guys see Hall Pass? Oh, okay. Owen Wilson. Mm-hmm. She plays the blonde that Owen Wilson ends up trying to hook up with. Amazing looking woman. She's the lead. Shane West. Producing talent. Shane I'm West, sure. yeah. who I guess I had heard, I had heard about yeah. him, but I the guess he's an extraordinary he, gentleman. Right. Yeah, he played Tom Sawyer yeah. in that one. Yeah. Well, he kept complaining on the set that, oh, this really proves that my career went downhill because this movie is horrible. And it, it was this, in the, network the effects shows, are terrible. So, so. But Chase Atkins gets the, and Jeff Fahey's in it as well. He plays a oh, shark ooh, scientist. I love okay, Jeff Fahey. Fahey. Right. Uh, and, and the last line is, we're going to need a bigger boat by oh. Trace Atkins. It's like okay, I gotta. I'll take him for that one. Gonna need a and then I watch one called The Ledge, which is a climbing film about this uh, this woman who ends up hanging from a ledge as three guys who are trying to kill her or above the ledge, and all the things that happen with them trying to kill her and her trying to get out of the situation while she's hanging on this thing. It's terrible. And it's great yeah. at the same time. It's yeah, fun. they're awful films, but I just, they're so much fun. Did anyone so see The Fall? Isn't the that Fall like- is great. The Fall, fall is a good is film. That's it's a good film. That was streaming. I think yeah. Hey, Ralph, was that woman in Chichen Itza? <laughs> she, her head was not shaped like a sledgehammer, so no. She, uh, <laughs> she doesn't look like, she doesn't look Mayan at all. Oh, Mayan. So, all right. That's it. Let's now, uh, oh, let's rate it. I'm sorry. We already rated. Where are we? No. What'd you watch? I'm so confused. Wait a minute. I'm going to check the internet and see if there's any news about Tom Sizemore. Yeah, check that out. No, let's spin the wheel. Okay, so we're all back on the wheel, and then we'll just set this up uh, if if it lands on you. We already rated. It's all the talk about Harvey. See, we talked about Harvey Weinstein again, so I thought we were back Well, if you want, we can can rate Mel Gibson and Harvey Weinstein. (laughs) I don't don't really want to do that. Um, So we're all on the wheel. Whoever gets the – whoever gets – Spun to, uh, you pick whatever movie you want to bring. And I don't care. You guys want to bring a new film that's, air, you know, that's out now. If you want to bring an old film, we'll just, it's free for all. Okay. We'll, well get are, we all, are we all going to go see Cocaine Bear? I would love to see Cocaine Bear. I mean, that's one we should that's all go out, out this Friday. See. Okay. So this weekend we'll see Cocaine Bear. I don't think I can make it this weekend, but you guys want to do that? You just want to skip this week of spin and just say, let's, let's go see. Well, if you're not going to be able to see it. Well, well I think I can get there by Monday. I can see it Monday night. Okay. We'll see cocaine. I'm bear. going to New Jersey this weekend for a disco party. So I'm, I'm really oh, prepped wow, up for that. that one. <laughs> Is that so also going to be we, a cocaine party? Uh, you, I would, you know what? That's, I may see it this weekend oh, now that you mentioned you it. Uh, how about, it. is that, we want to do that? Go see cocaine bear and talk about that one. That works for me. Yeah. I'll do that. I'll go see that. All right. Before Tuesday. Chris, Chris, can you pull it off? Chris, can you pull it off before Tuesday? Yeah, I should be able to pull that okay. off. All right. 
Chris, maybe we'll try to go together. We'll figure it out. Yeah, yeah. All of us. I mean, oh, I mean if you guys are in Baltimore. Oh, yeah, that'd be great. Yeah, that'd be awesome. Oh, John, I'm sorry. You're stuck no, out all there you, in New England. All of you get together. Do a little, <laughs> do a shot outside. Do the, oh, a shot at oh. the movie theater where you guys can all be in a group talking about the movie, and I'll be by myself. Hey, that's with a my, good idea. We could shoot some stuff hey, outside the film. With, you guys, with my Ant-Man helmet. Uh, but here's what we do. When you guys go to the film, do a little uh, videotape yourself walking into the film talking about it i'm not gonna bit. use a video camera i'll use my phone but i'm not gonna videotape myself <laughs> you can use uh your phone you use, use your high you record camera. it digitally okay no you know i get what? the i this get the vhs now one. over <laughs> Bye. Wait, Wait, Bear. how can it be over before subscription hit the like button i don't know why you hit keep, it why are you waiting until the end it. to do that Bear it. smash it like taper balls it's there you go it's my stick ralph okay all right so cocaine bear it is right i Cocaine bear. Cocaine bear. Right. That's yeah. a new film. I, I like right. bears and I like cocaine. Oh. I hope you I mean, not to use it. You guys realized I had all this junky jewelry on to assimilate uh, Chichen Itza. I was waiting for you to put it in your nose. Wrap it around. Yeah, no, I'm not going to do that. And that's the show, everybody. Okay. All right. <laughs> have a good week, everybody. Enjoy Cocaine Bear. Take a little snippet of yourself with your phone or whatever you have. A little sniff? Well, what? Well, a little we'll snippet. Try, we'll, we'll try to see oh. it together. And don't okay. um, don't see and use cocaine, <laughs> especially if you're don't pay for your own cocaine. <laughs> yeah, don't pay for, for the first time. No. Is always free. So no. kids Do need not pay for your own drugs. cocaine. All right, have a good week. Bye. 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 Bye.